Crudo, episode 119 of Out From The Cube. I am your host, George Evian. It is Tuesday, and I appreciate you listening to another one of our episodes. And if you listened to yesterday's episode, I had to cut it short because the batteries in my audio recorder were about to die. I've replaced them, so we should be good for uh, the 20 or 30 minutes that we'll have an episode today. But I appreciate you listening. We're kind of in a series right now where we're talking about the athletics of software, and I believe we're on episode uh five, uh, part five, I believe, uh, I'm sorry, part four, part four of the athletics of software and how this kind of came about, uh, was a friend of mine, uh, that has become a friend of mine because of the podcast and because of some networking on LinkedIn. Uh, he runs a company up in the Chicago area called, uh, the Molitor group, and he does uh, business consulting and his, his background, uh, Ed Molitor, I encourage you to connect with him on LinkedIn and, to do some research on him. Uh, he's a phenomenal person, speaker, and uh, has become uh, somebody that I've bounced some ideas around with and uh, somebody I'm just trying to do what I can to stay connected with and would like to take out for a drink if he ever ends up in St. Louis. But a great guy who actually was a college basketball coach at a higher level than I coached at, being at, you know, he was at Creighton and Texas A&M and a number of other places. Um, but because of our connection, uh, he runs a podcast called The Athletics of Business, and that's the podcast that he runs and really appreciated that. When I first got going with social media, I think I was on Twitter and kind of had this hashtag that I was doing or kind of a thought of uh, the, the start of some of my tweets was basketball and business and how there's a correlation between how you run basketball teams and how you perform and how you train and how you think and how you motivate and inspire is very much a correlation to what you would do in the business world with teams and individuals and uh, products and you're, you're figuring out what your wins and losses are. So I kind of had that hashtag or uh, start to my tweets. And so I kind of like this basketball and business. And then when I met him and, and did some research on him and he was running his podcast of basketball, or I'm sorry, the athletics of business. And I really uh, thought that was great and told him that in our conversations when we recorded our podcast that I would be stealing that and talking about the athletics of software. And what I have found in my observation in my now 12 years in software is that that huge separation uh, that I see in how teams are passionate about what they're doing and how they're doing it and one another in the athletic space and that same passion in the professional space and, or a lack of passion and enthusiasm and commitment and togetherness. There's, you know, it's funny to me how I see motivational speakers or there will be a conference or there will be a book or somebody will win a national championship or a final four or a Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden they're the most sought after public speaker talking about culture and teams and motivation. And people will go, here, here's the example. Let me tie this together a little bit. I start, I, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, there's a, there's a kind of a rat pack of people that I follow uh, daily. Gary V, Ed Milet, um, I'm trying to think, uh, the Sean Whalen, uh, Andy Frisella, like those guys, Grant Cordon, like those guys I can kind of consider a, a rat pack. Uh, Jesse Itzler, if you've heard me talk about him and his book, like I consider those guys like my core. 
that I get content from. But yesterday, there's uh, Ed Milet and Andy Frisella are really tight. They're buddies. They run something called the Arate Syndicate. It is a once a year uh, a group or once a year invitation or once a year application to be a part of this group. They wanted to accept somewhere around 25 to 30 entrepreneurs, business leaders into this syndicate, this Arate Syndicate that they would then be mentored and motivated and connected and be able to network with people, like-minded people, and they'd support one another. And it was very, it is very secretive. They're not allowed, they have to sign these forms that say, non-disclosure, you're not allowed to talk about what we do, right? But I, I was researching it yesterday. And as I'm watching this video about that Andy and Ed Milet put on and, and produced, I'm watching this video and I'm fascinated by it. I'm like, shit, I'm sitting around going, man, how do I get to be a part of that group? And I'm, But I'm watching this introduction to it, a marketing video, a sales video to get you to apply. As I'm watching this and they have these guest speakers, the first three guest speakers that they show in this video, and this is a group of entre successful entrepreneurs that are running million dollar businesses. That don't, my, under, my, my, my perspective is they are not sport coaches. These are businessmen and women that are successful and they're looking to take their business to the next level. But the first three guest speakers that I see in this video are Lou Holtz, Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer, sport coaches, sport coaches, athletic coaches. Lou Holtz is a legendary coach at Notre Dame, won the 1988 uh, National Championship at Notre Dame. Dabo Sweeney has turned Clemson around where they've won two of the last three national championships and has Clemson rolling. Urban Meyer has won three or four national championships at Florida and Ohio State and won kind of a mythical national championship at the University of Utah. And I'll, I'll, I'll award that to him because I'm a graduate of that school. Right, so here are sport figures that all of a sudden business people are part of a syndicate of the most successful entrepreneurs, not the most, but people that want to be the most successful business people in their space. And they're brought in. And the first guest speakers that I see are athletic coaches. Right. And that just, that sticks with me because I'm like, I had somebody when I got into this space, when I got into technology and software and building software, and I kept bringing this up. And I kept feeling it and I felt it in my bones and I was inspired by it and I was moved by it. Like there's something more we can do with our teams. And I started talking about that. And this was a terribly, highly educated person. And, and, it's, and it's not that he's wrong. It's not at all that he was wrong. But I remember him just looking at me saying, you are so off base. There is nothing in comparison to your background and what happens with teams and the business of software or professional you know business and that always stuck with me and I, and I couldn't disagree more so much so that two of the main people that I look up to in the business professional development and uh, entrepreneur space when they're sitting around going shit who do we bring in we've got 30 of these people that are part of this syndicate who should we bring in and somebody raises their hand and say How's about a sports coach? There's nobody that will understand motivation, personal development, inspiration, culture, you know, how to put plans together, how to organize, how to communicate, how to recruit, 
than an athletic coach. And so that has me thinking about the athletics of software. Why we don't run our teams like that. And the, the fourth part of this series, we have talked about culture, we have talked about connection and being connected and getting your people connected to something greater than themselves. Where they wake up every day feeling inspired to connect, inspired to believe, inspired to produce, and inspired to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? That was the thing, right? Put yourself, you know, if you are, if you think you are more important than the team, we will find another team for you. You know, that sort of thing where people roll in and say, man, I'm a part of something bigger. I'm getting better and I'm a part of great people and I'm inspired every day and I get to get better every day and I get to develop great products and I get to make a very good living doing it and I get to do all these great things. Right, and it's a, I'm a part of something bigger as opposed to, I talked with somebody last weekend on a, on a vacation and I seemed to take my vacations on Saturdays and Sundays and I was on vacation last weekend, which means I drove more than an hour away from my house and I'm sitting there having a cup of coffee with a gentleman that is in the software industry and he's talking about the dichotomy of the two different places he has worked most recently. One was super inspired and team driven and passionate about each other and the products and their improvement and development. And the second one was, man, I can't get them to do anything. They are just punching the clock. They care about them, just what they're doing. They just want to be out of there by five. They don't want to, and, I'm, and he was, went and got a cup of coffee and as he looked at me, he says, hey, don't, I'm not, move, I'm not getting away from you. I'm not leaving this conversation. I'm going to get more coffee because I'm settling in for a long conversation with you because I am super interested in the athletics of software. And we sat for two hours and talked about startups and entrepreneurship and business and teams and IT and how to motivate and inspire and how to build a culture and how to get people to move beyond themselves and into one another. And it was great. I couldn't have appreciated that conversation more last week on my vacation overlooking a lake with a hot cup of coffee. It was great. But I am super interested in why we can't run our teams like that. So we talked about connection as kind of the first point. Pause for a cup of coffee. The second thing we talked about was culture and building that culture and culture is a standard, the standards that you and your team uh, uphold and you uphold over time and you're consistent with it and you're accountable to one another with it. The thing we talked about yesterday, which I really believe and I hopefully... Uh, hopefully I am this. Hopefully you get this from me and you can tell by the tone and inflection in my voice. But I believe that there needs to be an, an enthusiasm by everybody and that you bring it every day. And we talked about creating your own juice or bringing your juice to the group and the team and the organization. We talked about nothing being accomplished without enthusiasm. Nothing great can be accomplished without enthusiasm without bringing some juice. We talked about the source and what you're plugged into. And I, I made the suggestion that if you are the coach, if you are the leader, if you are the director or the senior VP, and people are looking at you and they are looking at you for power, you are the outlet. You are the source. You are the enthusiasm and you are the juice that they need and that you need to bring it. You want to have a 
run down, punch in the clock, punch out the clock, mundane uh, product and team and togetherness and all that, then don't bring the juice as the leader. Then just don't bring it. Don't bring excitement. Don't bring positivity. Don't bring optimism. Don't bring excitement. Don't bring the enthusiasm that your team needs every day. You want to have just a IT shop that is just like every other consulting company in, in your town or the shoe salesman or the car salesman or the whatever product line you're, and service you offer, then just don't bring any enthusiasm every day. Don't get your people excited about what they do. What a great team it would be on if I knew every day that my leader, my team, my director, my coach was going to bring and inspire me and then lead me to action and was going to get me juiced up every single day. And I knew it. When that alarm clock went off at 4.15 on occasion for me or 6 o'clock or whatever it is and I roll into the office and it's 8 o'clock or 8.15 and I'm getting ready to have either a morning call, a morning stand-up or a morning connection with my group that I get to sit across from my director my CEO, my CTO, whomever it is, and I get to roll out of that meeting inspired for the day, ready to take action, motivated. I understand my why every single day, and I walk away from that meeting going, that sucker right there is why I'm here. That is why I believe it. That is why I have the Nike tattoo or the Adidas tattoo or the Microsoft tattoo, right? That is why, because of that person and that person alone. It's not the product, it's not the service, it's the, that individual who brings the juice every single day, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the optimism and positivity, and makes me feel good about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, what I'm able to deliver. That is why I am passionate about this team organization and product line and the people I get to do it with. That person. So I encourage all leaders to be that person. I really encourage you to bring the juice. So today, pillar number four on how you can build the athletics of software with your team would I would do whatever you can to create a sense of belonging and the only word I have written down is belong to have your people or to have your people know that they belong within that group and with you and with the services you're providing that they be, that they belong there now part of that is culture part of that is connection part of that is making sure that you have enthusiasm and all that there is nothing great so all this crap that I read all this stuff that I'm really into and all this how does books here in front of me John Maxwell how do successful people grow John Maxwell how successful people win Sean Whalen how uh, how to make shit happen right Jesse Itzler sitting right here in front of me with the book on um the uh, the Navy SEAL moving in with them or living with monks. All those books, all that stuff, uh, what they really say that people crave the most, what people value the most is their ability to belong to a group. Tribes by um, Seth Godin. It's all about getting people to belong. People want to are connect with and belong with certain groups. So that's why you sit there and you put your you know, your New England Patriot jersey on or your New York Jet jersey on or your Milwaukee Buck jersey on and you go to games because you're sitting there with 15 or 80,000 people and you're like, I belong with this group. These are my people. We all believe the same thing. We're all connected. We're all enthusiastic, right? 
We're all sitting in the parking lot drinking beer and having burgers and brats before the game. I belong with these people. And so when it's Monday and I'm sitting there trying to get my week put together, I am thinking about Saturday at 12 o'clock. Maybe I'm thinking Saturday. You know what? Saturday at 8 a.m. in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I get to start putting all my stuff together because we're going to caravan up to Ann Arbor and we're going to get ready to grill out and party with everybody that's a Michigan football fan starting September or August 29th. And it's Monday, and all I'm thinking about is that Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, loading the car up, getting to Ann Arbor, because I'm going to sit there because I belong with those people. And those are the people that are me, and I am them, and we're going to party, and we're going to connect over a shared value, a shared mission, and of Michigan football and we can sit and talk about it and they do right and they do and they sit there and have this great experience because they belong so my suggestion is man I wish we could create that excitement that sense of belonging with our team so when it's Sunday night at 5 p.m. and people are getting ready and planning their weeks and getting organized on what is expected of them for the week and they're sitting there writing things down and instead of going shit, I can't, I don't want anything to do with Monday at work. This is the worst. I don't want any part of it. I gotta go deal with this person, this product, this executive, this VP, this boss, these clients and I hate it, and I'm anxious about it, and all I wanna do is get to Ann Arbor on Saturday, instead of sitting around and planning it going, man, what a great weekend. Michigan football was great this weekend. I had the time of my life. I was able to bring my kids, and we were able to connect and belong and share, share that spirit with one another, and now it's Sunday night. What a great weekend. I'm winding down with my family and my kids and my wife, and it's just the best time in the world. And now I get to plan and think about my Monday, and I'm super excited about uh, connecting because I know I'm gonna roll into this meeting tomorrow and be super inspired by my boss and by my director and my VP, and he's gonna set the stage for the week on how we're gonna win the week, and I get to participate in that, and I'm super excited about it, and I get to go work with Johnny and Joe and Sally and Susie, and it's gonna be the best week of my life, and I'm so looking forward to that, and then when that shit's over, I get to go back to Ann Arbor on Saturday and watch Michigan play football again. Who's got a better life than me? Right? I know that's all. I believe that. I don't know why we don't have that, that sense of belonging, that connection, that inspiration, that enthusiasm that we've talked about with our teams. It's the athletic of software. It's belonging. It is belonging. Let me tell you this story. And I really like this story, and this might be the last story with this with this uh, fourth, fourth uh, part of the athletics of software. What I, uh, and this, this, I love this story. I haven't thought of it for years, but thought about it this past week when I was thinking about this talk of the athletics of software. But what I was thinking is this, you, uh, you may not remember, if you're in athletics and you are a coach and you are in basketball, you may remember this, you may not. If you are not in athletics, you've never heard this story and I love it. I love this story and I love this thought. I don't know what year it was. It could have been 15 or more years ago. Duke basketball could have been 20 years ago. Duke basketball was at the top of their game. Well, they are now as well. Like they've sustained it. They are consistent. They're all the complacency and all that stuff we've talked about and talk about changing. They have changed with the times. That is a whole nother lesson. And maybe that's an athletics of software 
uh, uh, part is that, that, that change over time to remain relevant and consistent and to continue to win is probably change and identifying market and which way the market is changing. So we may get into that. But Duke is at the top of their game in the, let's call it the early 2000s. They, the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers had fired their coach. The Los Angeles Lakers are in the NBA. This NBA team, the most prominent, the Cadillac of NBA franchises, the Los Angeles Lakers are looking to hire a new coach. They reach out to Mike Krzyzewski, the head basketball coach at Duke, who is has an impeccable resume, national championships, you know, U.S. Uh, gold medals, leading the U.S. team, all this sort of stuff. He is now, now at that point he wasn't, but now he's the all-time winningest coach in the history of basketball. And everybody wants to play at Duke. He, I mean, he can pick and choose whomever he wants. And he is always in the top five, and they are always in the hunt for a national championship. And at this point, 20-some years ago, the Los Angeles Lakers want him. And he essentially, I believe, I don't have the story in front of me, and I don't remember it exactly. There's a point that I do remember exactly. He may have accepted it. So he's about to leave Duke. And understand this. Every coach in the NBA is hired to be fired. He is going to take that job. They may be awesome. They, they may struggle. And after four or five years, he may get fired. There, there's a, quite a good chance of that. Now, you'd be firing Mike Krzyzewski. But there's a chance of it that he would get fired. And then all of a sudden, he's sitting around going, man, I wish I was still at Duke. Like, where do I go now? Do I get another NBA job? Do I stop coaching? Do I find another program and have to build it up? Or do I stay at Duke? I wish I could have stayed at Duke. But anyway, I, the story I remember is he took the Duke job, or he took the Lakers job. And he was on his way out. And he received a letter from a student. You can Google this, find it on YouTube. I think ESPN did a story on it. A student, which means we're talking about an 18 to 20 year old kid who is an undergraduate at Duke, writes him a letter writes him a letter before he leaves Duke. And essentially the letter says this. I do not have it in front of me. This is not verbatim. This is what I remember the letter kind of saying. I don't want you to leave. I am just a student, but you are my coach. I believe in you and you're not just coaching 10 to 15 kids. You are coaching all of us. Uh, I We need you. We, we go, we're Cameron crazies. We're in the... We're in the stands. We're freaking out and tripping out. And we are part of the group. You are my coach. I need you. I don't want you to leave. I, I want to be, I came to Duke. I do remember this. He said, I came to Duke because of you and what you've built. And this is where I belong. And I belong here because of you and what you bring and what you've built and what you continue to set the standard of. And I don't want you to leave. Like this isn't 18, this isn't a guy that doesn't even know Mike Krzyzewski. Coach K does not even know this kid. And when Coach K read that letter, and I believe when he read the letter, he got emotional on this episode that I remember watching. And Coach K said, I read that letter and I didn't even consider the Lakers again. Where else could I get that experience? Where else could I have that level of impact? Where else could I go where 
I can influence and impact young people like that. So he stayed. And he has stayed, and now he's clearly a lifer at Duke, and he's never going to leave. But there, here's the deal. That guy was a fanatic about Duke basketball. He belonged at Duke. He had, you just don't go to Duke because you're also applying at like Washington State, right? You, you don't. Like, like you're, if you're thinking about Duke, you're thinking about Harvard and Princeton and Yale and Notre Dame. Like those are the type of schools I'm guessing you're also considering. But he could have had his pick of schools given that this young kid got into Duke. But he said, I'm going to Duke because of you, because I belong here, because what you've created, I want to be a part of, because what you continue to create, what you continue to do is to inspire us and given us the best experience that no other college I've applied at can afford me, the experience of your basketball program. You are my coach. Please don't leave. So he stays. But that kid belonged there. He was connected. He understood the culture. He understood the standard. Even for a non-player that doesn't know Coach K, doesn't know the players, he's just sitting there saying, I understand the standard. I understand the culture. I understand. And I'm going to get connected. And I'm going to belong because when there's 3,000 of us, Cameron crazies jumping around with, and not only that, and you may all know this, if they're playing a game on Saturday against whomever, let alone Carolina, whomever. They're camped out in tents for the week. With no regard for the weather, the cold, the rain, how sick you are, what finals you might have, what classes you have, those kids are in tents outside of the stadium waiting to get in. Waiting to get in. And Coach K comes out with pizza and feeds them. He brings them in and gives them a motivational talk. He gives them the pregame. This is what I expect of you guys. You're part of the team. Those kids, how can you not sense and feel that if you're sitting in a tent and the head coach, the Hall of Fame coach, the all-time winningest coach is bringing you pizza, slapping you on the back, brings you in and gives you a pep talk and, and introduces you to the players that you don't feel like you belong and that you're connected and that you're valued and important and that you're part of that process and you're part of that culture. I belong there. And the more I'm there, the more I belong. And the more I belong, the more I pull people in to make sure they belong. And it's all built with enthusiasm and excitement and purpose. And you're sitting there going, man. I, and then you're sitting on the outskirts, right? You're sitting on the outskirts. I'll tell you right now. We wa I watch Duke basketball every single time that they are on TV. And I watch it with my children. And I'm sitting there watching it with them going, wouldn't that be the best thing to be a part of? When you're seeing elite basketball, elite coaches that are doing it the right way, that care about students and athletes and are leaders and building men, and that you have those fans that are all on top of you that are all part of the process and part of the experience. And you're sitting there going, wouldn't it be great if you could be a part of that? It's the same thing professionally. You sit there and say, man, I want to belong with that group. I like what they're doing. I like the excitement. I like the leadership. I like that they care more than just about building a service or a product or whatever, that they're developing people and leaders and great, you know, great husbands. Like it's more and wives or whatever. You know, it's about more than just that. And I hope that you are building your team, your company, your service on, on something that is deeply rooted on something other than money or products. 
And that, and you got your people sitting there saying, I want to belong to that. Or I do belong to that. And that's why I'm fanatic about it. And you don't mess with us. You don't mess with what we're doing. You don't mess with a, a, a standard or an agenda that is outside of what we believe in. Right? Coach K at Duke has had one or two transfers. No, he's only had one player he's kicked out. And he's been there like 30, almost 40 years. 15 kids a year. Granted, they roll over, but he's only had one kid he's kicked off the team. One. Everybody else, now kids have left. More playing time, whatever it is. But he knows, like, hey, I'm going to get the people that belong here. And I'm going to build this. And people are going, and I'm not going to bring in any knuckleheads. People are going to buy into the standards. And if you've got a different agenda, you're not going to make it here. You won't belong. If you have a different agenda other than the standards that are set and are deeply rooted after 40 years, deeply rooted after 40 years, then, then you won't make it. We'll ask you to leave. So you better be on board. And he sells it and everybody buys into it and it's, it's phenomenal. So I, listen, connection, culture, enthusiasm, and building an environment where people belong and can, and can connect. And, you know, and can be valued and, and can create that environment and can help you with the enthusiasm of all that. Like if you just had those four things and we're going to try to get to six more and it's kind of a 10 part series if we can get that far. Um, but man, if you just had those first four, man, I, we talked yesterday about Microsoft every 18 months with a particular product division with countless teams, could be five teams, could be 15 teams, but every 18 months they get to switch teams if they so choose. You get stickers, first, first choice, second choice, third choice, and you go around to a blackboard or a dry erase board with, uh, with team names written on it and you get to place your sticker with your name on your first choice of teams. Wouldn't it be great to have the team that let's say your division is 70 people. That would be my goal. If I were at Microsoft and I were leading a team and I were man- leading a product or in a, in a service for this particular product and we did that every 18 months. Hey, George, every 18 months, you're, you're, uh, you're gonna, your team could, could, is going to shuffle. They could leave, they could stay, but other people could be added, all that. I'd be like, perfect. Because in 18 months, when my, my team name up there, Team Evian, is up there and they get to choose their first choice and there's 70 people in this room that get to choose, I better see 70 stickers that all say first choice under my team name. I want everybody in this stinking room that wants to be on my team, no matter what they, and I would like, hey, we're gonna crush it, we're gonna be demanding, we're gonna develop great products with great services, with great quality, but it's gonna be about much more than that and I want the people that are there on my team for 18 months saying, please don't let me leave. This is where I belong. This is where I belong. The past 18 months has been the best 18 months of my life. I've developed, my life is better, my family life is better, my personal life is better, my professional life and my development is all better because I'm a part of this team. That's what I would say. Developing great products with great quality is a byproduct of doing other things well. That's why coaches don't talk about winning. Some do, some don't. If we do take care of all the other shit, and we do and knock it out, all these other things and these other values that are important to us and we are meticulous to detail and effort and execution and togetherness and all this other stuff, we'll win. Winning will take care of itself. 
So let's focus on these other things because we'll develop great products. We'll have great quality to our products. We'll have great people, but it's because we do all this other stuff. It's because we belong together. So I hope that hits you and resonates with you. That's 30 minutes, 31 minutes. I'm, I'm super passionate about this. And actually the beginning of this has me really inspired about my day, about, you know, when I go back to Andy Frisilla and Ed Milet sitting there talking about building up their Arete syndicate and they're sitting talking about the syndicate and they're trying to find the best speakers that they could bring in to motivate and inspire and lead people to action in the business and entrepreneur community. They choose coaches. They choose athletic coaches. That's not all they chose. They chose other entrepreneurs and business people and people that have developed and crushed it and are making millions and millions of dollars. Yes, they have done that. But they also said, we need to bring in coaches, athletic coaches. How can you take a group of 100 people at Michigan football and get them all with their oars in the same direction, all rowing at the same time, all in unison, all with encouragement, all with a sense of belonging to one another and belonging to Michigan football. And how can we do that now, bring that coach in or Urban Meyer in or Dabo Sweeney in or whomever and bring them in, Lou Holtz, and say, how do we get everybody going the same direction? How do we get them to belong? How do we get them to connect? How do we get them to bring their juice every single day? And so that's what this uh, is about, the athletics of software. I hope you enjoyed this. Listen, I want to make sure to give a shout out. We don't do this enough, but our, our, our podcast is sponsored by Polaris Solutions. It's a place where I work. They've been super supportive of what we do and how we do it and the guests that we have on. And I encourage you to go to PolarisSolutions.com and see what we can do. We do development. We build products with great quality. We take care of one another and we do things a certain way to, uh, to one another to make sure that, it's, that we do great service to, for our clients and to each other and to our products. Like it's built, like exactly what I said, it's deeply rooted with standards that we're accountable to and the winning takes care of itself. And we do that at Polaris Solutions. But we also, we do development, we do DevOps in integrations, we do agile team alignment, and we do a lot with uh, the Azure and uh, cloud services. So whatever we can do to help you, um, we're willing to have a conversation and just reach out to me on LinkedIn or go to outfromthecube.com and track me down that way. Uh, but this would not be possible at all without Polaris Solutions and the help and support that they've given us. So uh, the podcast is growing. Uh, I appreciate everybody that has gone out to iTunes and support. Listen, if you know me personally, if you listen to this and you know me personally and you've made it to this end of the podcast, just do me a favor. I'm asking, I know people listen to this that I am close with. It's my community. It's people that I uh, connect with on LinkedIn or personally here in the St. Louis area. Just do me this favor. Go to iTunes and just give us a rating. Give us a review. It really helps the podcast out quite a bit. And I would really appreciate it if you could do that for me. Listen, have a great rest of the week. It's Tuesday. Get out of your cubicle. Impact, influence, inspire to action the teams that you're on and be enthusiastic about it and build your teams in an athletic sense so people are uh, proud of the teams that they're on and have that level of impact with the teams and the people that you impact and intersect on a daily basis. Have a great rest of the week. We'll talk soon. Thank you.